You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers, a crossover episode with special guest Javi Reyes of Locked On Padres. But first, I want to thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Rangers and Locked On Padres, making them your first listens of the day. If you haven't already, go follow us on Twitter at Bryce Paddock or at Javi with two eyes, Peno uh, on Twitter. Follow at, is it at LO Padres for your your team account lo underscore padres lo underscore padres underscore padres or at locked on rangers subscribe to both of us on youtube or wherever the heck you get your podcasts i'm here talking about what it means to no longer be a sad boy a team that was a perennially sad boys and now is less so sad boys javi reyes of locked on padres how you doing buddy i'm doing so fantastic i i would actually argue i've never been more fantastic uh, in my life, I, it's just it's been very good considering that you know we're in a baseball lockout and it's there's not much uh, good stuff these days. You know what I mean? We don't get a lot of news, Bryce. I know you got a whole lot of news, and you were just man. Can I just ask? I mean, I know that your listeners probably got this. I'm sorry for running into the cliche question, but first reaction, man. Like, what is like? Because we've talked a lot, um, and you mentioned sad boys. We've talked a lot in Locked On in our group chat saying who was like the sad boy conglomerate. You know, it was you, Ethan Smith of of Locked On Pirates, um, Miller Thomas of Locked On Dimebacks, although he doesn't act like it. He's able to hide it a little bit more. And there's a couple others that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Paul, Paul of Locked On Rockies, oh, that boy is Oh, is my God, the saddest sad. of boys. The Oof. saddest of boys. And now you've graduated. You've ascended out of the, the ash. You've made it. You are like a dragon flying through the wind. You are Iron Man lifting off for the first time. What was it like in that first moment, man? Um, it was incredible. And, you know, for the Rangers fans who have already heard this, like, it, th- we're all still enjoying this. We're all still like, is are we sure this really happened? Like, did the lockout make it not count? Like, is this, mm. is this for real? I did like gotcha. a best case scenario um, episode. And I was like, just barely, I was like, all right. I did like Trevor Trevor Story and Marcus Simeon um, plus Seiya Suzuki was like my best case scenario for the Rangers. I think I also included Clayton Kershaw, um, but I was like, this is even better than like my best case I ever could have hoped for. <laughs> the Rangers talked all all this stuff like all season front office and apparently got the okay from ownership just to be like, oh, we're going to spend all this money. We're going to spend all this money. Oh my God, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm like, shut up. Shut up. No, you are mm. not. You dang liars. You haven't spent money more than $30 million since 2014 or I guess Jeez. it was December, 2013. Jeez, they spent man. like 110 million on uh Shinsu Chu. That was the last big contract they gave out since then. The biggest contract they've given out is uh, Lance Lynn three years, $30 million before the 2019 season, I believe. Um, but they haven't done anything. Ownership hadn't. And I'm like, why? Why would you go and spend all of this now? Also, like the Rangers aren't going to be good next year now. Like they're going to be better, significantly better, and going to be a lot of fun, and that's great. But like, it doesn't necessarily even make sense in the timeline unless you go out and I don't know some crazy scenario. You get like Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Even then, you're still not competitive. But like, I don't know, mm-hmm. that'd be crazy. There's no way that would happen. And then it happened, and I was like, 
Oh my God. I was absolutely floored by just Marcus Simeon in general. Like I was, I'm like, if that's it and he's the shortstop next year, great. Awesome. Very happy. Fantastic off season. And then they go and add John Gray, which was at the top of my list of guys who I wanted pitcher wise. Cause the Rangers still need pitching help and quite a decent chunk of it. And Cole Calhoun, I was like, all right, fine, whatever. Cool. Solid veteran. They need a lot of help, a lot of bats. But that and he's wasn't a cheap it, was one. it? But that like, wasn't it, sir. Oh, no, no, that wasn't it. There was also there was one more thing at the bottom Seager. of your stocking. <laughs> there was one more thing <laughs> at the bottom of the Christmas stocking, and that was Corey Seager for ten years, three hundred twenty-five million. I forgot exactly what it yep, was, but exactly three hundred twenty-five exactly. million. It's a little bit front-loaded. There are a couple signing bonuses. Um, it's not like super duper front-loaded or anything, but it, it's still more than anybody else is going to be willing to give all those poor teams out there that aren't willing to spend big. I know your team's not one of those poor teams. They just extended Fernando Tatis Jr. This stupid big extension. They signed Manny Machado. They went out and actually did things that our teams have found the market inefficiency, actually giving a crap and trying to get good <laughs> players. It's wild how that, how, how that works. You know, it, it's wild to me that other people haven't it, thought to try that. Yeah. It's a truly wild concept. And I mean, with the Padres perspective is also like, they were a team that didn't spend money before. At least the Rangers like had a history and whatnot, which you could actually argue makes it more frustrating that they just all of a sudden were like, eh, we're not going to well, do that anymore. Well, to you know be, what I mean? The Padres, fair, this, is, this is new for me, you know, the yeah. whole amount of money that they spent. Yeah, and to be fair, like, they didn't spend, like, a whole crazy amount of money. Like, I don't even remember what Adrian Beltre's contract was. But he was their second option that year. Like, he, yeah. they, they got him because they didn't want Cliff Lee, and obviously that worked out more perfectly than anyone could ever hoped or dreamed. Um, and that was wonderful, but like they also gave out money to a rod and that didn't go well. And I look back at that team and like people said like, Oh, there was nothing around a rod. There was still Pudge Rodriguez. There's still Rafael Palmero. There's just no pitching. There's just trash pitching. So mm. like, it wasn't that there was literally nowhere there. I kind of get what they were thinking, but like maybe sign like one or two half decent pitchers and that might be a competitive team. And that mm. was a team that like literally just made the playoffs three times in a four year span. So like, I kind of get it. But anyway, like, yeah, it may, it may be frustrated that they weren't spending money. and But you could kind of see they were kind of trying to keep themselves afloat in the, the final years of Adrian Beltre. 2017, they made a game 163. Right, right. And 2018, they tried and just weren't quite there. And 2019, they kind of fluttered around for being good for half a season. They had Hunter Pence doing fun things, Joey Gallo breaking out. <laughs> but again, both those guys were hurt for the back half of the season. And despite Lance Lynn and Mike Miner both being pretty good and Danny Santana somehow like having like an 800, 850 OPS season out of nowhere, there was nothing else. So it was like, it's about time. They didn't have the depth in the farm system. It had been gone. You needed to rebuild. And I appreciate them starting the full rebuild in earnest on a year where there's just 60 games. It's like, all right, let's just ease into it. It's going to be really rough, but it's just gonna be for two months. And then yeah. next year, you're going to lose 100 games, and it's going to suck real hard. And by God, yeah. did it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, man. And and here's the thing about about the, the, the Rangers spending the money, too. It's you and I, as people who cover baseball, uh, I guess you could say, like, we're used to getting all of these type of reports. And, and maybe this is just uh, I have blinders on to other leagues at the moment, but we get a lot of those reports that are like, Oh, the X team is interested in X player or this team reportedly this. And a lot of times you just feel like, 
Okay, I mean, I still think the funniest thing to happen before the lockout was John Heyman saying how many teams were interested in Chris Bryant. And it was literally like nine teams. It's like, yeah, like, no, no crap, dude. Like, that's not (laughs) – I didn't learn literally anything from that. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he said – like, the report was these nine teams – or, or there's been there was nine teams interested and all of a sudden it's gone down to just three uh, report like there was it, it, I just felt like you didn't learn anything what? there it's like okay so no, basically you do. anyone that's I, a contender you do but then I, with the I Rangers will say you do you do learn things you learn that um, his agent is is using him as a mouthpiece that's yeah, what you learn yeah that, that's that's what you do learn indeed and uh, that happens more in baseball and then with the Rangers though we did get that like report. That was like Rangers reportedly ready to spend big money, and everyone's like, "Yeah, okay, cute." Yeah, like, okay. okay. What they mean by that is they'll spend like you know fifty million or whatever on two okay players, and then they'll sell the farm system or whatever. What? And it's like, no, they were dead serious. Like, they really went out right before the lockout started in that awesome forty-eight hour, probably a little bit longer than that, sixty-four, whatever. I was right about forty-four plus forty-eight. Maybe that's like I, I, seventy-two I was, hours. I think it was yeah. right about forty-eight hours. Honestly, it was about mm-hmm. it was about like three o'clock ish on Sunday. When they uh, figured out they they signed, uh, actually it was it was even was it less? I don't know. I don't know what the timeline was. But anyway, uh, it was lots of of great holiday stuff. But you know you know what else is great around the holidays, besides getting a Corey Seager in your stocking, getting a Bill Bar in your stocking. Oh yes, sir. Thank you for saying. It. I was just about to say it, and you you took the <laughs> words right in my mouth, man. I love them Bill Bars, man. Love them. Yeah, fantastic. You know, if this holiday season you can grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or you know. Even better than a, than a candy bar. Bill Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich and decadent in flavor. There's a bazillion different flavors, and it can give you that extra fuel. Where have you found Bilt Bar giving you the most fuel? Or, you know, what's what's your favorite flavor? T- take your pick of, of one of those two questions, asking the hard-hitting questions here on Locked on Rangers. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Always I was, asking. I was teeing that, tee that up for you. The- you I, I know I, I so I, I lagged a little bit because I had to remember what was going on. Uh, I got a little confused. Look, I messed up. I, I looked at my phone for half a second. It happens, folks. It happens. That's but, all right. It, you know, mint let, brownie let, is is my favorite. What about you? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm a big apple almonds crisp guy. I know that they don't really have that currently in circulation, but they've got all these other flavors. Cherry barcia, more importantly, mm-hmm. is my mom's favorite flavor. And if go. that doesn't tell you anything, ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't know what will. Jerry Barcia rules. And they've got these new flavors, too. Gingerbread, eggnog. I haven't tasted them yet. But they, every single time that Bill Park comes out with a new flavor, it's delicious. So I don't know what to say, man. They're all fantastic. You know, if you like those marshmallow treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on some Bill Bar Puffs. They're light, puffy, marshmallowy through and through different flavors, all covered in chocolate. Tastes so good. You won't believe that they're covered in protein, except we told you they are, and it says it on the box. So you can go to built.com use promo code locked 15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked 15 for 15% off at built.com. That's right, man. That's right. I mean, they're, they're just so damn good, man. Like Mm -hmm. I want to eat one right now. Like I'm vibing to it. I'm vibing to it, but you know what else I often vibe to? My friend, until I get in trouble with my my friends because I, for the greater good, used my league manager powers to change out somebody's lineup because they weren't starting something and it was affecting the playoff pool. And now I'm in trouble and everyone in the league is yelling at me. Uh, That's fantasy sports. And you know what is really great for fantasy sports, guys? Fan tracks. It's the best platform in this industry, man. It's super customizable, whether it's redraft or dynasty or keeper or... 
Okay, that's the same thing. Dynasty and Keeper is the same thing. But you get my point. Best ball leagues out there, man. Create or join a fancy baseball commissioner league. Invite your friends and dominate your draft this season. Just because we're in a lockout does not mean you can't start getting ready and looking at them projections. No, of course. Salivating. You know what I mean? Salivating. Can't wait to see the projections. (laughs) On Corey Seager and Marcus Sibian. You know what I mean? I don't know. The 45 bombs? I don't know. Between the two of them? I don't know. What's the over-under for both of them? Maybe 60? I don't know, man. But I can't wait to see the projections for them because, you know, will they have enough offense around them to get RBIs and get all this stuff? Can they repeat? It's all that stuff. I love talking fantasy sports, and Fantrax is the best for it. And if you're in the mood, ladies and gentlemen, if, if I already hasn't, haven't sold you, I'm like, this will really get you salivating. <laughs> All right? If you if you want to go to the most trusted fantasy sports thing, uh, app, site, since 2008, Fantrax is also inviting you to sign up today for free. And if you do, if you do, Bryce, you'll mm-hmm. be entered to win an official MLB-signed Fernando Tatis Jr. Baseball. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and use the promo code Tatis. It's really simple. <laughs> Tatis for the Tatis Junior Baseball. There you go. When you sign up to be eligible to win, if there's anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager, Fantrax likely has it. Remember, don't miss the opportunity. Sign up today to win that official MLB sign for your Tatis Junior Baseball. Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. Promo code Tatis. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Play ball! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh your your audio and video were like not syncing up the, just like watching your video like catch up to it along with that great commentary it's just delightful we're here with the insightful delightful the um sprite filled the frightful javier reyes the frightful frightful i want to be feared. The frightful yeah, i want to be feared javi yeah fear me reyes of locked i had on some tension Padres. in that ad read i'm not gonna lie because it that's looked- all right i he was starting J.D. McKissick, and I was like, literally, playoff spots are decided on this. 12.59, I was like, it's not like I chose which player for him to do. I only did it because it was a guy who literally was out. You know what I mean? He literally was listed as out. He was injured. It was said that morning. Set your lives, folks. Don't be a jerk. <laughs> that's all I'm oh saying. My it's ridiculous. And now I'm, the uh, now I'm the villain. So That's all right. You already were. You already were. That's all right. But uh, we're talking yeah. about Rangers, Padres. We're talking about teams that are on the up and coming. And I, I feel like I see a lot of, of 2019 Padres in this Rangers team. There's there's no Fernando Tatis Jr. in the farm system that's going to come up. And, well, you know, I, I don't want to doubt Josh Young. I'm not saying that he isn't Fernando Tatis Jr. That's been my whole bit is, is never saying that Josh Young won't do a thing because he's proven people wrong. At every step of the way, the guys are like, oh, I don't know if he's going to hit for power. Like He's going to hit for power, and he's going to hit bombs, and he's going to play acceptable defense at third base and uh, crush it next year when he's up mm-hmm. probably by the start of the season. But anyway, I forgot where I was going with that. But, you know, it, it's it's <laughs> fun to see that, like, up and coming go from that to – I mean, yeah. the Rangers mm-hmm. and, and Padres went literally in exact opposite directions in the 2020 season. The Rangers' bottom fell off, and the Padres went from – Pretty good feisty team, like still, um, actually it still went 70 and 92 that year, the first year that they signed um, Manny Machado. Obviously they didn't add another guy that was his caliber like the Rangers did, having two guys. And I think 
well, this is about, this may be even better than the Rangers starting like pitching rotation next year. They had uh, Joey Lucchese, Eric Lauer, Chris Paddock, Cal Quantrill, Denelson Lamette um, in that rotation. The Rangers also didn't, don't have a Kirby Yates level guy putting up those kind of stupid numbers. An ERA plus of 354 that year in 2019. It's just stupid <laughs> good. Um, but I'm curious, what, what all did it take to get from 2019 to 2020? Because I've lost track of when all these many, many moves the Padres have made have come to get them to playoff contenders last, uh, in 2020. And uh, well, to the playoffs, right. I should say, in 2020. And then very strong playoff contenders in 2021 even though things didn't quite work out quite as well but yeah okay. i mean and you you know i'm wearing the friar robe i'm a friar pretty much um look it's it's a lot to explain but it, it starts with just finding the ultimate gem of the generation in tatis the james shield trade that everybody's been saying over and over like that's really where it kind of starts and in general like people it's it it not that it gets forgotten now but it's just kind of you know it's it's worth remembering that the Padres at one point had what many people considered the best farm system in like the history of baseball or at least in a very long time mm-hmm. uh they were stacked from top to bottom you know when they still had Tatis down there and you know once upon a time Mackenzie Gore who used to be the top pitching prospect in baseball he was in there you get CJ Abrams you get you know, so all these all these players like there's so many guys that they've they've given away Cal Quantrill was re- revealed uh, was, um, what's the word? Um, was reviled or is that no? I think that's a the antonym of what I'm thinking of. Uh, but he out. he was viewed, he was viewed as like a, a decent prospect. There was so much depth in the farm. Revered, system, which is revered, revered, revered. There we go. Thank you so much. That's why they pay you the big bucks, man. Um, <laughs> in terms of like prospects, they were really all over the place, and they started trading some of them, and some of it worked out. You know, obviously, um, Joe Musgrove, the the king. Who threw a no hitter against your team earlier this year? I had I to bring. I had to. I, I had to bring that. it up, man. Whoa, the swinging fryer. Um, so he did that. <laughs> I'm on one today, man. I, I'm just really tired. Are. Maybe I'm just hungry. I, I think that's what it. it is. I'm probably hungry. Um, but he he does that trade, and then you do the Snell trade. You do the Darvish trade. You do the trade for Mike Clevenger. You do the trade for Austin Nola. There's so many different moves that they made. They moved for Trent Grisham. Like, that's what's so crazy about this Padres team. Tommy Pham, Jay Cronenworth. That's what's so crazy about this Padres team is there's barely anybody on the team that wasn't acquired via a trade or is, like, one of their big pieces. The only one that hasn't been acquired via a trade, really, uh, that, you know, um, that, that wasn't acquired via trade that's, you know, a, a hefty piece in the organization. It's probably C.J. Abrams or Mackenzie Gore, who I just mentioned before. Otherwise, it's like Machado also, signing yeah, um, all these guys through trades. You could argue that Tatis is a truly fully grown guy, a grown guy, I could say, from well, their, was, their system. He was they traded for him when he was young. super young, and then he started coming up, and then they got him. But still, it's still, they did trade for him. Like, that is worth uh, bringing up, but it's... It's pretty mad and, and wild to see that they just they changed their fortune so quickly, um, the Padres did. And I think that that's what I would say for the Rangers fans is, you know, they, we'll have to see about how the farm holds up. We'll have to see if they can, if they want to, to trade for more talent, uh, whether or not they can get some good trades and they can get themselves them, that sneaky Cronenworth guy that comes out of nowhere and, and is really good or just a valuable piece. Or if you, you know, hit big on a pitcher like Joe Musgrove, who knows exactly. But I will say, while the the Rangers, that is a whole lot of money 
to trust on two guys and then for the money for John Gray, who, in fairness, I know that his stats don't look great uh, on, on standard, but, you know, it is in course field. He's got that plus fastball. Like, he's got some good stuff. It is true that I'd be nervous because that is a lot of ma- money allocated for a team that has not been very good. This isn't a team that won 85 games and then decided to add, you know, the two superstars. This is one of the bottom teams in the league. While I would be nervous, I would also say things can change just like that. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it won't be next year, but maybe it's a sign that they're preparing. Maybe they got some guys coming up in the system that are going to debut for the team and make them a little bit more of a contender in uh, the old AL West division, man. Yeah, the ALS is going to be wild, and uh, the Rangers are taking a big risk. They're, you could say they're they're betting on themselves, but you know where else I like to bet? It's betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season continues, it's March to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. All the sports. Head to our new updated sports. desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus, just like that bonus that Corey Seager got. Probably not quite as big, but, you know, that's all right. You can, you can make it just as big as his um, if you are really, really great at betting and on things from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline. It's where the game starts. Now, you talked about the Rangers making that big bet on themselves and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. And while the Rangers system is much improved, I mean, a few years back, they had, they had a great system from like 2010 to 2016. Various trades wiped that system out from Cole Hamill's trade to the Jonathan Lucroy yep. trade um, to other different things. They just hadn't quite matriculated talent. And they had honestly failed pretty badly at the first round of the major league draft for a long, long time. Basically it's one of John Daniels' biggest weaknesses as a GM is their failures in the first round. But the last few years, they've kind of turned that around. They haven't been picking super high until Mm -hmm. like last year, but they have some really great picks. I believe all according to MLB pipeline, their top four prospects are their top, their most recent four first round draft picks, which is very exciting and a good indication that this team is is on their way to getting things right. Josh Young is the third baseman from Texas Tech, Rackham, who's going to be probably the starting opening day third baseman and should be fairly solid this year. They also obviously got Jack Leiter in the draft this past year. Cole Wynn should be a very serviceable middle of the rotation kind of guy and should be up towards the back half of this year. Jack Leiter, we'll see. He could make it up as soon as next year if things go really, really well for him. He's just that polished. But again, getting a farm system as deep with star talent that the Padres had, that's what the Rangers don't really have in their system. They have, I mean, Jack yep. Leiter has star potential. Josh Young, people don't see him as having star potential. I do. Um, and Ezekiel Duran might be one of those little pieces they got for a season and a half of Joey Gallo from the Yankees that is looking better and better by the day he was in Arizona League. Fall star, not an all-star, but a fall star. Um and having a 900-plus OPS in that uh, that span. But it seems like even when you do get aggressive and you do make all these trades to go get guys and you don't give up all your top guys in your farm system, a, a good chunk of that depth, it can lead you into to bad things if you don't you know properly prepare. And it, it feels like that's kind of what happened to the Padres this year is like they had all the talent in the world at the top end 
but that kind of depth what is is that what they were missing this year is just the the depth where where did things go wrong for this Padres team what is something that you would like to see them do better um, to prepare in either the offseason or at the trade deadline to keep the bottom falling out from them in the back half of the season yeah, I mean, th- I mean, that's that's the big question, right? Like, what happened to the Padres? One of the great second half collapses that we've seen in baseball in a while. They were also the talk of the town, just on a, in terms of just a topic level. I mean, everyone was talking about Dodgers Padres for most of the season. It was, it was great. It was exciting. It was electric. Those games were like Warriors Clippers back in the day when those two teams would be going at it. It was like one of the better rivalries in the sport, and it was exciting. What basically happened to the Padres is, yeah, it was depth. But it's more. It's also the fact that the guys that the Padres traded for, they didn't all hit, um, and some of them did. Some of them did. Jake Cronenworth cleared to clearly showed that his 2020 was not a fluke, and I think he's going to be a solid MLB player for a long time, or at least hopefully. Um, might just be like the new Ben Zobrist. Joe Musgrove, like I said, he threw the no hitter. You see, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna throw that out as many times as I can on this podcast. Um, but then for other guys, you saw Blake Snell was not himself this year. I'm optimistic about next year, but Blake Snell wasn't very good, and he certainly wasn't worth all the stuff that they gave up, including Luis Patino, who was one of their top-level pitching prospects, who's now in Tampa Bay. And then you had Tommy Pham, who was originally the centerpiece of the Hunter Renfro trade, and then he literally swung through so many fastballs down the middle that it drove me insane. WRC plus of like 27. That's right, 27 That's not when good. it came to runners in a scoring position. It might have went up or down a little bit, but for the most part, it was like he was one of the worst in all of baseball. I'm going to actually check that out uh, a little bit later to um, to make sure. Um, make sure you're not full of it? No, I, like just how, how far uh, down the list of WRC Plus in terms of runners in scoring position he was this year. Um, and then you have guys like Eric Hosmer. Oh, I said his name. Ah, dang it. The, the long gonna... rule of my podcast is not the same. You had the Padres' first baseman <laughs> who went back to being the ground ball wizard that he is. And it was annoying because la- the year before, his launch angle gra- was like 8.6. The ground went ball gremlin, you mean? You said the ground, ground ball, ball gremlin, indeed. <laughs> the ground ball gremlin, ladies and gentlemen. I love That's such a good name for him. I'm going to keep calling him that from now on. Um, <laughs> instead of Padres' first baseman, I'll leave it to an option. Each episode, folks. You get to stay tuned and see, what, what do I call him? Padres first baseman or ground ball gremlin? Um, so all that happens, and it, it's it's definitely the depth thing, but it's also that their guys didn't hit as much, and that's what the big thing is in all of sports right now, where it's, and you know, you kind of wonder, this is the age-old question, do you sacrifice the depth for that top-level talent that can help you? Sometimes it pans out. Oftentimes, it's it's a little bit of a risk. That's the gamble, and the Padres clearly probably paid a little bit too much, put a little bit too much weight into succeeding in 2020, which is what I think a lot of people did with a lot of players, individual players, you know, guys who were just over the top, unbelievable, or they underperformed and people thought that was legit. Jose Altuve comes to mind, had a really off 2020 this year, best second baseman in baseball, basically. So um, with the exception of your boy, uh, Marcus Simeon. Simeon. (laughs) Um, So, but that, that's the whole point, right? Everybody's wondering, like, did the Padres mess up? I think they went for it. The problem is going to be, their roster isn't nearly as flexible. A lot of people send me messages on the podcast that say, well, they're, they're prospects. that You don't know what they're going to be. You should trade for talent. I'm like, yeah, but the big thing is that they're assets. Not to refer as human beings as assets. I'm not trying to come off like I'm Steve Cohen or anything. But, 
they 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 ran out. You know, what I mean, they don't have as many bullets in the chamber to be able to manipulate and maneuver around their roster as they once were able to. So Snell stuck in there, and Darvish. Like, you better hope that these guys kind of bounce back, and you better hope that the guys that you do have left in that farm system do break out and be the stars that they can be. Otherwise, hey, look, man. This, use it as a forewarning. I still think the Padres, I don't think that it's over and all that stuff, but it's certainly got a lot harder because a lot of those trades, it clearly shows maybe they should have waited or at least they should have allocated their resources better. I really could have, the Padres could have used who they gave up in the Grisham trade. Uh, Eric Lauer, who had an ERA of like 3.2 this year. I'm not saying he's a superstar. I'm just saying Grisham, he fell off in the second half. He wasn't very good. And we could have used a decent back end of the rotation guy, considering everything that happened with, you know, Chris Paddock getting hurt. He's fallen off a cliff. Considering that Ryan Weathers was like looking like a rookie of the year, he fell off a cliff. I'm getting sadder the more that I talk about this. And then you have um what's his face? Denelson Lamette that just can't stay healthy, right? Who you mentioned before. Like it's we could have used that. And instead, they were relying on Jake Arietta in the middle of a playoff race. It's not like they had already, you know, they had an eight game lead. On the next wild card or something like that. No, they were in the middle in the thick of it. Into the thick of it type of playoff race. <laughs> and now they are just looking back and saying, oh man, that was a real mess. The only hope for Padres fans, and I've been talking for way too long. My apologies. Uh, the hope for them right now is saying maybe they were so bad in the second half that there has to be some regression to the mean. This has to be like an 89-1 team. There's just simply too much talent for them to be below 500, which is just insane for me to say aloud. Yeah, I mean, who who is it that, that was was out this whole year? The pitches you traded for, I can't think of his name. Uh, right now. probably probably Danielson Lamet is is no, probably no, the one no, no, that, no, was, that you that was from. That should, oh, Mike Clevenger, that's right, Clevenger. Mike Clevenger. Yeah, you add Clevenger. It's just like a for me. It seemed like the bullpen was good, the offense was pretty good. Some guys fell off towards the back half. Um, mm-hmm. but you still have like three elite offensive options. Um, from second base all the way over to third base. And then, you know, whatever you're getting out of the occasional Grisham and uh, Will Myers and um, ground ball gremlin guy. Um, mm-hmm. And right. maybe some stuff from Tommy Fan, But like that, you got guys with some real upside, like at their best, you Darvish and Blake Snell are Cy Young caliber guys. Joe Musgrove showed that he can be a, like number two guy. Like th- that's mm-hmm. what kind of numbers he was putting up and a really solid, reliable guy. And then if you have Chris Paddock, who doesn't completely fall off a cliff at like the number five in your rotation, plus um, whoever we just said three seconds ago, whose name I've already forgotten. Um, <laughs> Probably Ryan the, Weathers. No, no, no. The, the one we just, the trade. Mike Clevenger? That's the one. Literally three seconds ago, I already forgot him <laughs> because I'm 80. It happens, man. It happens. leave my brain very do you, quickly. Do you miss you, Darvish, at all? How much do you? Tell the people how a much lot. you miss you, Darvish. Oh, I miss you, Darvish, so much. <laughs> I love that man so much. I literally did like two podcasts worth of things to like bring him back in a fake scenario where the Rangers were competing in 2019 and Adrian Beltre hadn't retired yet. And the Rangers won the 2019 world series. Um, Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, Why, why I said on that podcast and I'll say it again, why you need to go to therapy when you can just create fake baseball scenarios that make you happy. You know, who needs that? Um, But yeah, I feel like this is a nice cautionary tale that like, you, everyone Absolutely. wants things to glow up real quick, and they, they did glow up real quick for the Padres. And even when you have guys like Fernando Tatis Jr., which the Rangers, like Corey Seager's great, but he's not Fernando Tatis Jr. And, and Marcus Simeon's great. He's not Fernando Tatis Jr. It takes a long time to get out of it, so don't freak out I'm, is what I'm hearing. If the Rangers are have a losing record or are hovering with 500 next year because 
it takes patience and the rangers did a great first step but there's still lots of ways to go is that what i'm hearing yeah i'd say so and don't get me wrong since you guys one thing about the padres is a lot of the money was set up to we didn't even mention like part of this transition from the 2019 to 2021 like they sign um franatetti's junior hit to his extension so you guys have the money aspect now the good news is that hopefully that farm system starts bulking up but you do have to be careful because that's one of the things with the padres is they can't really go out or at least they they could you know what i mean they technically could but in terms of you know they already are a top 10 spending team um, it's hard to maneuver that roster around when you've got guys like Myers making a decent amount next year. You got the ground ball gremlin. You got Tatis. You got Machado. You got all these guys. You got Darvish and Snell, and it adds up. The Rangers, they're dipping their toes into the part of spending money. The question is, you have the star power. Can you build around them now? Can you do all that without you know, burying yourself in a situation. You don't want to be an Angels situation. The Padres aren't quite at the Angels level of like, oh my God, we have like Hall of Fame talent on our team, but we can't do much. Like we can't maneuver around. They aren't in that zone. You don't want to be like the Phillies is another team. They're not, they aren't quite in that zone yet, but uh, if they don't be careful and if they don't fix things a little bit, and if guys don't perform and bounce back next year, they very well could be. And we'll be looking back at, Sports Illustrated cover story from Tom Verducci about the Dodgers versus the Padres being the next great rivalry, and we're all going to be like, wow, yeah, remember that? And I really don't want to think that way, but it's it's true. Well, the Rangers have done the hard part of getting the stars. The Padres have some stars and a lot of fun potential. This should be fun. I'm hoping for a 2023 Rangers-Padres World Series, in which case I will be very happy. Either Jerkson Profar and Udarish will get their rings, or the Rangers will and uh, things will be bright and breezy and we can, you know, I'll bring up the wonderful retrospective about some stupid 3-0 count where Fernando Tatis Jr. swung where he absolutely should have and uh, was justified <laughs> in everything that happened there. But thank you guys so much. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Rangers and Locked On Padres. That's going to do it for this. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy baseball. Absolutely. Woo-woo! Come on, come on.